You are listening to a New Season Church audio sermon. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. Uh, I'm going to carry on with our, uh, the series that I've been doing, which is called Exponential. And uh, the whole point of it has been, how do we uh, start to walk in the exponential life that God has called us to, the abundant life, the exponential life, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, God has called us to be exponential. He's called us to increase, right? He's called us to increase uh, constantly. So uh, I've been taking it from the view of finances because finance is one of the, one of the areas where I believe that, that, that the enemy wants to keep us in scarcity. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have the resources to do anything, we cannot be effective. Okay? If you don't have the resources, you can't be effective, right? And so the easiest way for, for the enemy to dumb down the strategy and the extension of the kingdom is to get what is to keep us in a perpetual cycle of scarcity. Where you might, you might look like you have a lot, but you only have enough for yourself, right? And we have the, the cycle of scarcity where you got supplies, you consume, you lack, you fear, and then you consume again. And then God eventually supplies again, and, and that's how it works. And God wants to move us from the, from the cycle of scarcity into a cycle of abundance. Where God supplies, we sow, we have faith. Our faith increases by it because sowing has to be done in faith. And sowing always extends our faith, stretches our faith, and strengthens our faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And how do you move a mountain? With the faith of a mustard seed. So faith is absolutely important for us. To start living in the in the abundant life, the exponential life. And how do we do that? One of the ways that we strengthen our faith is by giving, right? And not just giving of our time and not just giving of our resources, but specifically giving of our of our finances, honoring God with our finances. And last week we looked at the tithe. I'm doing a very quick recap. But last week we looked at the tithe and we saw how the tithe is very important. Even though you're not commanded to tithe in the New Testament, you absolutely should because it's a principle and a pattern. Right? It's a principle and a pattern God instituted to remove us from the cycle of scarcity and move us to the cycle of abundance and move us into the cycle of more than enough. Right? Okay. Who wants to stay in the cycle of scarcity? Anybody? Okay. And who wants to move into a cycle of abundance? Five of you. Awesome. The rest of you, you don't really know. You're just kind of like, I'm okay with either one. So let me ask you a question this morning, uh, and you don't have to answer, but let me ask you, are you a contributor or are you a consumer? Are you a contributor or are you a consumer? Right? So what do we mean by that? A consumer is what? We, we looked at it uh, two weeks ago. It's someone that constantly consumes and the world is run on consumption. The world is run on consumption, supply and consume, right? So God supplies and we just consume, okay? But God wants, to, well, God wants us to move uh, from being just consumers of the things that He gives us, consumers of the, of the gifts that He gives us, and move us into being consumers or receivers and contributors of the things that He has given us, right? So do you only consume or do you contribute? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because how you view that or the answer that you have is really will lead into the question of stewardship. Stewardship, right? So this morning I've entitled the message, The Principle of Stewardship. A contributor feeds what's feeding him or her. A consumer only takes and never 
feeds the very thing that's feeding them. Right? You understand what I'm saying? So you need to feed what's feeding you. So what you feed on, what you consume, you need to feed again. So the question is, is the things that are feeding you, are you feeding it? Because that will give you the, 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 the understanding of whether you contribute or consumer. So your consumer just takes and takes and takes and never gives back to the very thing that's feeding it. If a farmer only consumes the stuff that he gives, gets, then guess what? He's going to eventually have nothing. He's, going to, he's just turning back into a cycle of scarcity. Why? Because he's never taking what he's received and feeding the, the land that's feeding him. Are you with me? So that applies with your finances, applies with, your, with, with, the, with the church, specifically in the context of the church, right? So if the, if the church is feeding you, if you are uh, being transformed, if you walked in this place a couple of months ago and, uh, you know, your faith was a bit low, your, your family wasn't working so well, your finances was okay, and through a period of time you've started to understand, hold on, I have more hope, I have more vision, I have more understanding, I have more strength, and guess what you've been doing? You've been feeding. Right? Okay. So you've been feeding, and that's good. That's the idea. You need to do that. You need to be fed. But there needs to be a, a place where we stop consuming constantly and being fed and start feeding the very thing that's feeding us. Because the problem is if you don't feed the thing that's feeding you, eventually what's going to happen is you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, uh, ravage the harvest that God has provided for you. And anyone that feeds and never exercises gets what? Overweight. When you feed too much and never, never, never exercise the thing that's feeding you, what happens? You become overweight, right? And if you've ever watched those, those series, My 300 Pound Life or 600 Pound Life, I don't know what, what, what it is. It's very extreme cases, but what eventually happens and find some of those are medical, you know, medical imbalances. But most of the time, it's people that have just overfed. And never exercise, never use the thing that was feeding them. And what now happens is they get so overweight that they cannot move themselves. And I believe that too many people in the church have become consumers and have not turned from consumers to contributors and are what? Overweight and cannot move themselves. Right? That's why they're constantly asking for prayer. For the same thing. Because what, what's happened? I haven't exercised my faith. What's faith? A muscle. Right? Just drop the tiny security feeding. Just tiny bit. So, so, so people consume, 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 and never exercise because faith is a muscle. And the people that are, are naturally overweight can't move. What? Their muscles are weak. So now they have to take, take drastic changes. Either people need to kind of pick them up, wash them, feed them. What's happening? They're just getting everything done for themselves. They are not self-sufficient. They cannot stand on their own two feet, isn't it? Why? Because the cycle has been turned from com just complete cycle of scarcity. I cons God supplies, I consume, I lack, I fear. What's opposite of faith? Fear. There's no, there's no muscle to move anything and I consume again. And we need to be conscious of the things that are feeding us. We have to be conscious of things that are feeding us. You, you, we, we cannot just go walk, keep walking in the mundane routine, you know, week in after week. And we need to look at back and say, okay, in the last six months, last year, have I, have things changed? 
have I, have, has the place in the context of what we're talking about, the church, has it impacted me? Do I have more vision? Do I have more faith? Do I have more hope? Do, am I, do I feel stronger? Am I able more equipped to handle the things that I'm facing? You might not be overcoming everything, but it's definitely better than what it was a year ago. So what does that mean? You're being fed. Your spirit man has been fed. And everything stems out of your spirit, spirit man, right? So if you're not feeding your spirit man, it will, it will obviously affect the rest of your, the, 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 the other areas of your life. So when we talk about are you a consumer or contributor, the question is, are you feeding the thing that's feeding you? And really then the greater question is, what are you a good steward of the things that God has entrusted you with? So what's a steward? So I'll give you the definition of steward. It is a person whose job it is to manage the land and the property of another person. A steward is someone whose job it is to manage the land and the property of somebody else. So God ultimately has called us to be good stewards of the things that He has given us. And by the way, everything that we have is from Him. If you don't believe me, I'll give you James 1, uh, 16 to 17. And this is the first thing that we need to understand is that actually everything that we have belongs to Him in the first place. Everything. Uh, uh, the wife or the spouse that you have, He gave to you, right? The kids that you have. The Bible says that kids are a, a blessing, a gift from God. Guess what? The, God gave them to you, right? God put you in a place, a church. He gifted you that. He, yes, does He love us? Yes. Do we get things unmerited favor? Do we do we get things just because of a great grace? Yes, exactly. That's the point. We get things not because we, we are worthy of those things. He gives it to us because of grace. Because He loves us. And He gives us gifts. And He says, okay, and so now the gift that I've, been, that I've given you, what are you doing with it? So James 1, 16-17, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the, from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning or changing. Everything that you have in your life is from Him anyway. It's from Him anyway. But here's the thing, the gifts that we have, and by the way, the thing that enables you to, to get a salary is a gift. The, the salary itself is not the gift. It is your gifting, the ability that God has given you, which you in, in, in essence sell, Okay? In exchange for finances. So who, who the, the money that you have in the account, whose actually is it? But I thought you were going to tell me how rich I was going to be. Exponential. Woo! Yes, these are the principles of living an abundant and exponential life. It's not just about giving. It's not just about putting your tithe in. Is that, is, is that necessary? Of course it is. But it's not just about that. God is actually requiring us to be good stewards of everything that we've been given. So the gift that you've been given, which you exchange, why is it that, you, that you're good at, at um, admin and I suck at it? Because he, he gave you that gift and He gave me a different gift. And so God then says to us, everything that I've given you, even the things that you exchange for finances so that you can get the nice stuff that you have, is by the way from me. 
So if the very thing that enables you to get the house is from me, then whose house is it? It might be your name on the, on the bond, and anyway, you don't anyway own the house. You, you, what you actually have is a perpetual lease from the government who owns the piece of land anyway. So nothing actually belongs to us. But it's your name on the bond. No, you own, you own the debt. You don't own the land, by the way. So, so here's the good thing. The God's gift, the Bible says in Romans, uh, Romans 11 to uh, 11, 29, says, For the gifts and the calling of God are revocable. So the gifts that you have, He can't take away from you. He can't. The gift that you have, He cannot take. It's irrevocable. Why? It's a gift. You don't give a gift and say, Oh, well, you're not using it nicely. Give it back. It's like, you know, have you ever given gifts to people and then they re-gifted them? If some of you, I, I've gotten gifts. We've gotten gifts that we've gave and we got back. I think we have. I'm sure we have. I remember having one. Maybe. I will, I will, I will go check. So, so you, God doesn't take, take his gifts back. So the gifts are your gifts. The, the difference is that your elevation of those gifts is dependent on how you use them. And where you go and the exponential life that you live. So you can, you can live your life on the gifts that God has given you and never honor Him. But the, the, the difference is you're going to be living according to your own ability to handle those gifts. And the exponential life actually calls for us to bring God into our life and honor Him which then enables us to have more grace. The Bible says, let grace be multiplied unto you. So the grace and the gift of God is irrevocable. What's a gift? It's unmerited favor. It's grace. So the moment you start honoring God with the gift that you've been given, the grace of God becomes multiplied, exponential, and you're able to do things now that you could not do before you were honoring God. And those of you that have lived like that for a number of years understand how that works that you can walk into into deals and business things and and walk into promotions and like i have no idea i have I, how did this happen i have no idea what is that it's the grace of god where you know you you, you look like this awesome business person but you're like i i have no idea you know i can't write a book i can't give you five principles on how to grow a business it just kind of happened i have no idea what is that? That's exponential. That's multiplication. That is the grace of God, the empowerment of God, the anointing of God, which is the empowerment of God to do something that you could not do in your own strength, in your own ability. So I said last week, I know a lot of people that, that earn a hundred, uh, hundred million, yeah, they do, hundred thousand rand, rand a month, and they might be fine. And from the outside, we could be like, oh, yes, man, a hundred thousand. You know, that's, that's, that's awesome, you know. But my question is that if you can do that in your own ability, then what can you do when God kind of gets involved in that situation? So oftentimes we look at it from, from our own perspective. We look at it from our own perspective and say, but they're doing great. Or I'm doing great. But according to whose level and whose standard? Because God's standard is always higher than what we are. God's ways are higher than ours, right? So what God calls us to is always more than what we're experiencing. 
And if we want to experience the more, then we have to get God involved in how we handle things. And in essence, we have to become good stewards of what God has given us. So good steward, ultimately God has called us to how are you stewarding, how are you managing and using the resources that God has given you in the first place. Let's look at this, these couple of verses. Matthew uh, 25, 14 to 30. You know the scripture, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it up a little bit and just delve a little bit more into it. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So firstly, it is the kingdom of heaven. It's likening the kingdom of heaven to a parable or, or an analogy. And he says, Here's a man traveling to a far country, called his own servant, and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made them uh, another five talents. And likewise, who had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought the five talents and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of our Lord. And he also who had Received two talents, came and said, Lord, you have delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Look, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there. You have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money into, with the bankers. And in my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he who has abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cause the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Prince of peace, right? Full of grace. Everything is fine. Do whatever you want. I still love you. But he shows us that he's very serious about what he entrusts into us. Because it said, this is like, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. For you to walk in the kingdom of God, the righteousness, peace, and joy, there are certain principles you must be very aware of. I love you. I want the best for you. But if you disregard my principles, the kingdom of God is not going to be evident in your life. And he says, here's the thing. I gave a couple of things, talents, money, gifts, whatever it was. It was property that God had given to those people. And he says, I give you property, whether it's physical property, whether it's gifts, whatever it is I'm giving you. And I want you to do something with them. So that he gave five to the one. And he says, there you go. There's five more. I made ten. He gave two to the other one. He doubled. I, he gave him back four. And the other one says, well, I didn't do anything with it. 
And we can look at it and say, but he was afraid. No, that's not the point. The point is, everybody got a certain amount of talents, abilities, gifts, whatever it was. And only two of them did something with it. And the amazing thing with the two that did something with it, God says, okay, you have been faithful with small things. You've been faithful with little. What is faithful? Full of faith. The word faithful means full of faith. So what we do is when God gives us stuff and we actually have faith in God and we're full of faith, what do we do? We multiply it. We multiply the things that He's given us. And God says, you well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, you have been faithful little and I'll give you more. So what is one of the keys to increasing and being exponential? Be faithful with the little God has given you. See, so much, so much of us, we complain about, about the little we have. We complain. The little car we have. The little house we have. The little money we have. And God's like, okay, well what are you doing with the little that you have? Because your little is the key to the more. Your little is the key to the more. We're so, we are so aware of the little that we have that we do not have a vision of the more that, that, is, that, is, that is possible. Because we're so focused on the little, and God, give me more. Oh, please, sir, give me more. Like, you know, what, uh, what's this, Oliver? I don't know what, what the, Oliver Twist. You know, we're going and begging God for more, and God's like, do not, stop begging me and start using the things that you have. Because it's not an issue of, I love you or don't love you. It's an issue of, what are you, how faithful are you with the things that I've given you? How faithful are you with the things that I've given you? How well are you managing the stuff that I've given you? How well are you managing the, the finances? How well are you managing your family, your kids, your what, whatever the thing is? How well are you managing this? How well are you managing your church that you belong to? And we, we must just pray, hey? We must just pray. Should you pray? Yes, you should. But you know what? Prayer is not, not a shortcut to unfaithfulness. I would rather you pray less and be more faithful than pray more and be lazy about the things of God. Sorry. Or the things that God has given you. Because faith is what? It's, it's, it's communication with God. If you go to God, you'll probably say something like this. Uh, what did you do with the stuff I gave you? Yeah. Oh no, you didn't tell me that last year because you weren't listening. <laughs> what did you do with the stuff I gave you? Well, I, I ate. I bought a quarter liner. You know, but you know, I spoke to them about 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 Jesus, right? And you know, I bought a car, bought a house, revamped my house. Why? Because you know, Lord, I need to. I need, you know, it's a blessing from God that that I live in comfort. It is. But not at the expense of what God has given you. You know, it's, 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 like, it's like you trust in God for a house, but the rented house you stay in, you, you, you don't take care of. Because the scripture says, who will, if, if, you are, if, you, if you do not take care of that which is, which is another's, another man's, who will, ever give that, uh, who will ever give you that which is your own? What does that mean? So firstly, when God gives us, why would He give us more? 
if we're not faithful what he's given us already. So you've got these three guys, or women, or whatever, whoever they were, they were servants. What does it mean? They were at the, they were there at the, at, uh, in order to extend the, the property and extend the kingdom of that, of that, of, of the owner of that property. And, 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 and the owner says, okay, here's stuff, and I want you, he gives them an instruction. Tend to it. He, the interesting thing is he never told them how much they needed to increase. He never, he didn't even tell them that they needed to increase. It was expected. See, if, 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 I give you, if I give you something and I walk away and I never give you an instruction, I come back and I get upset with you for not doing that. What, what is it? It's an expectation. You didn't do what I expected you to do. God never gives us stuff and, and expects us to give it back to Him in the same, in the same state. He's expecting of us. He doesn't need to instruct us. He just says, my expectation is that you will increase. And they, the funny thing, it was not limited to it. He never said to the one, here's five and I want you to have five more. Here's two and I want you to have two. He just said, there's stuff, take care, take care of my stuff. He never said, okay, and he never told the one, okay, uh, number one, here, here's five and you can get five more. And here's two and you can get two more. Oh, shame. And here's the poor little third one. Oh, Johnny. Johnny doesn't have any talent. So you know what, Johnny? It's fine. I'm just going to give you one. And you don't have to do anything because you know there's grace. This is Jesus talking. Full of grace. The picture of grace. And he says, hold on. Grace is not an excuse for us to be unfaithful. Grace is not a lottery and, and a free-for-all thing. Grace is there when we mess up. And grace is there to say we are accepted regardless of what we do. But it is not a blanket covering for us to be unfaithful what God has given us. And actually, if you understand grace, you will understand that grace actually enables you to do far more than what you could. Grace is the thing that enables you to create more than what you could on your own. And you have to look at the and you have to look at Jesus' wording very, very carefully, where he says in verse 26, if you can find it. I'll read it. It says, But this Lord said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. Those are very strong words from Jesus. He didn't even call the Pharisees wicked. Do you know that? He hated the Pharisees. And he didn't even call them wicked. He called them a brood of vipers. He didn't like them. He called them unright. He never called them vic uh, wicked. But he has this approach to servants that are unfaithful what God has given them as wicked and lazy. A bit strong. Sorry, guys. I would love to tell you. Exponential. Tomorrow. Type amen. And tomorrow God will give you your house that you've been asking for. No, God is like, listen. I want you to be faithful what God has given you in the first place. And then as you're faithful what God has given you, what is what is it with your faith? When you can prove yourself to be faithful with the small things, God will give you more. The management of the small is the key to your more. It, it, it doesn't work any other way. So, so maybe you have a business and you have one client. God, give me more. No, don't ask for more clients. Be faithful with the one. Manage the one. Work on the one. And then you'll find that you start, God will start to give you more, more clients. 
Be faithful with the, with the position that you have now. Stop complaining about how you're being over, over, overlooked for promotions. And stop comparing yourself with other people. It, it's got nothing to do, it will do with you. But you know, but that one, I, what, why are you so concerned? Why do you know what everyone else is doing? Why do you know what everyone else is doing? Put, keep your eyes on your own business. Put your nose down, walk. And at the end of the day, because your boss is not your source. Who's your source? Isn't God your source? So if you're applying the principles, do you think God doesn't see it? Do you think that God is somewhere, oh, oh sorry, I had my back turned. I'll come back to you in about 100 years because i got to get to everybody else. If, if God is the source of an increase, then is the, doesn't it make sense that we should do what He's saying and stop worrying about everybody else and comparing ourselves to everybody else and look at what they're doing and look at what this one is doing. And, oh, but I'm, I'm not ahead enough for my age. Who cares? Who, who's keeping track? Where is this leaderboard? I, I don't know. Where I, I, I'm trying to find this board of who's ahead and who's behind. I, I, I can't find it. Maybe, maybe you know where it is. This comparison of, but you know, I should. And the problem is comparison makes you start chasing things. And it's like chase, dog chasing its own tail. It gets close, but never really gets it. So we start chasing things because we're comparing ourselves to everybody instead of just being faithful where God has put you at. Years ago, I read, uh, 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 read uh, uh, a pastor that, that, that I follow. Uh, he, he put down a statement and says, you know what? There's a season where you have to be tending to another man's vineyard. There is a season in your life where you will have to tend to another man's vineyard. Even though you have your own vineyard anointed and, and qualified and all of that, and you know, they, you, you, you have your own vineyard that you're supposed to get. There will be a season where you will have to tend to another man's vineyard. And tending to means that the vineyard or the property is supposed to increase because you're there. And you're not, and you're going to get paid a salary or you're going to get paid for what, but it's expected that you increase. And how you handle another man's vineyard will determine how quickly you start to walk in your own. You understand what I'm talking about? A vineyard. A place where you manage property, where you uh, can, can receive. But too many want to have their own thing and complain in the place where they're at. But you see, you, look what I did. No. You, you don't get a gold star for good, doing a good job. It's expected. You, you don't get a gold star. It's, it's like now at school. You know, you get, you get merits for behaving properly. No, that is expected. You don't, get, you don't get recognition for doing what is the bare minimum. So when we go to work, we go work in our business, the bare minimum is that you do a good job. You don't get, you don't get uh, uh, increased because you're doing your good job. You're expected to do good. That's what the salary is for. Yes, now go, go over and beyond and make yourself a, a valuable. But people complain, they go, what's wrong with this boss? No, the boss is telling you to do a good job. Otherwise, what's the point? Why are you there? Talking about stewardship. One, the, yes, the key is understanding sowing. We did it in the first week. The second key is understanding your tithe, where you put God first in it, and it increases your faith. The third key is stewardship. 
What are you doing with the things that God has given you? The job that you have. When we go, oh, I'm going to go to work again. Oh, I'm so tired. What would you rather do? Not have a job? Not have income? And understand, hey, God gave me this job. God gave me this. God gave it to me. It's not because I'm so great. How many other people have the same skills that I have? But for some reason, I've got the job that they don't. And that's what I don't understand. And then you'll have people that, 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 hey, God gave me. Oh, God, yeah, God, God, God. But then they come to church and they become consumers. Now oh, God is good. Yeah, amen. God is good. Amen. Woo. God's good. And then they come, become consumers at church. Because church is about, you know, being filled up. It's not about giving. It's about me coming, coming to a safe place and just being encouraged so that I can go deal with my boss. No. Church is the place we come where we start to now contribute back to God. We start to say, God, thank you. Yes, I do recognize that you're the one that gave me what I have. And, 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 and giving back to you is not an issue. It is an honor to give back. It's, it's a privilege to give back to you. I, I want to be here and worship. I want to give back to you because I want to honor God with what He has given me. If the thing that's enabling me to put food on the table is... Is, 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 is the church and the thing that's enabling me is God, then why would I not want to give back to Him? Why would I not want to feed what's feeding me? God is calling us to be stewards. God is he's very serious about how we manage things. And God will never take you to a higher place than where you are if you have not been faithful with what God has given you. So how does that work in this context? Well, faithfulness is what, what, what has God given you? Your, your finances. God firstly says, okay, I want you to tithe, but I, don't have, I, I, I can't afford to tithe. Okay, so firstly, let's look at the stewardship issue and say, why can you not afford to tithe? Why are you not being better steward of what God has given you in the first place? And I told you, maybe you're going to have to manage some things. Maybe you have to turn, some, turn, turn things around. Maybe you're not going to, maybe you must cut that DSTV uh, plan. You know, and move over to open view. In one, in a, in a million homes. <laughs> Maybe you need to do that. Because at the end of the day, it's about honoring God. And God does see our sacrifice, but He wants our obedience more than our sacrifice. God doesn't want you to go and say, God, I, I, can't, I don't want to give you, but I'll be there every Sunday. At 6 o'clock, God doesn't want that. He wants obedience. He doesn't want sacrifice. He wants obedience. And He wants us to be engaged. He wants us to come in and give everything. Because, sorry, but God's house should be in a better state than your own house or, 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 or your work. It should be. God's house should not be the last thing. Because if God's house is the place where people gather... And that's the way people are, people are influenced and people are changed and people are fit. Then guess what? That should be a priority in our lives. Because what are we doing? We are being steward, good stewards of the gift that He's given us. But, but why is it a gift? Because I, we, could have gone, we, we could have just carried on with our own jobs. And I could have never gone into ministry. Now, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, tell you how great I am. What I'm saying is, isn't it a gift that God sends people 
to, to, to encourage you and feed you spiritually and give you greater vision and give you more hope. Isn't it a gift? Because why? Why here? Why you? Could have gone to any other church. Why, why did God pick this place for you to come? So isn't that a gift? Isn't that something that God says, well, I've got, I've got a place and I've got a people where I want people to go to so they can be encouraged. So isn't it that God wants us to take care of the very thing that, 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 is, that is taking care of us? Doesn't He want us to tend to the thing that is tending to us? No, it's never going to be perfect. We know that because we're all broken people. But at the end of the day, if, the, if this place is not feeding you, then I would say respectively, uh, ma'am, sir, go find another church. Now, please don't go find another church because I do believe that, I'm, that you're being fed. I'm just saying, I would rather you go to a place where you're like, I'm being fed here than, than just stay here because of whatever reason. But if you are here, then contribute. And I know you guys are the contributors. I've, I, have a, I just have a message. But I know that most of us here are contributors. And if you are, guess what? God is going to say to you, okay, so here's the thing. You've been faithful a little. Here's more. Now, when you're at the more, God's saying, I want you to be faithful with that. And when God increases you, guess what? It's more responsibility. To Him, much is given, much is required. So when God gets you, gets you more, again, you've got to be faithful. But then there's more responsibility. So now it's like, okay, now it's not just about doing stuff. Now it's responsibility. Now I've got to be faithful and be a good steward of what God has given you. And I can't get a bad attitude with, what, with God giving me more because I've been faithful. So the, the, the next key to your exponential and your next key to your abundance and your increase is stewardship. Feeding the thing that feeds you. Feeding the thing that feeds you. And it, and, it, and it transcends all aspects of your life. It's church. It's your business. It's your family. How well are you, are you leading your family in the things of God? Because guess what? That's a gift from God. And the number one requirement from us as parents, and, and, and to be honest, as, as fathers of the home, if, there, if there's a father in the house, if not, God graces you as the mother of the house to, to raise those kids. But if there's a father in the house, the responsibility falls on him. And what is it? Not to put food on the table. It's ultimately to raise your kids up uh, to be adults and be spiritually strong because that's what's going to get them through. Not that one meal. Not that takeaway. Not that toy. Not, not, not PJ Mosk on uh, DSTV. That's not what's going to get them through life. What's going to get them through life is you raising them up spiritually strong. But guess where it starts? It starts with you. Because if how you set the tone in the house, how you set the tone for what you pursue, how you set the tone for the things of God, they're going to follow that. So if you are, if you are uh, casual about the things of God, guess what? They're going to be casual about the things of God. If you don't honor God, then guess what? They're not going to honor God. If you don't honor God, I can tell you it's going to be very difficult for them to honor you. And listen to the things that you say. I've got such problems with the kids. Well, try start start with this. How about you start honoring God first? And then you find, and the more you honor God, the greater the atmosphere of God is in your house. And guess what? The atmosphere of God in your house it becomes very conducive to the culture of honor and the spirit of God. And it starts to move. And all of a sudden you start, oh, okay. I have, more, I have more ability to raise my kids and discipline my kids. My kids are far more receptive to me in terms of my discipline and so on. But that is our, great, that is our greatest responsibility as parents, to actually lead them in the things of God. Not to send them to university. 
If, if your kids go to university and don't, don't know God and they get a PhD, you and I have failed. Yeah. Straight up. Because they'll, be, they'll, they ha- they'll have more degree, degrees than a thermometer, but zero wisdom. So the question is, how well are we stewarding the things that God has given us? And we're talking about exponential. The, the abundant life is not just about money. It will affect your money, yeah, for sure. Because if you're bad at, 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 at budgeting and being a steward, it will definitely affect your finances. Maybe we need to manage our rest a little bit better. Go to bed a little bit earlier so you can get to church and not be like, what did, what did he say? Come on. You get to work on time. Get to work when it's raining, yeah. sleeting. Uh-huh. Your keys are all Where are the keys? Need to get. Come, we need. I need to drop you off at school. I gotta get to work. Yeah. When we come to church, oh, it's fine. We'll just miss the first song. It's okay. <laughs> you know, because I mean, you know, the people are late anyway. I don't like the vibe. You know, I like it when it's. Now, if you were late this morning, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, you know, honor God with your time. Because when you're late, what does it actually say? My time is more important than yours. When we're late for meetings, be someone with integrity. Get, on, get to a meeting on time. When they say 10 o'clock, be there at 10 o'clock. What, what are we doing? We're honoring God. We're honoring people. We're honoring God. We're honoring the gift that God has given us by, 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 by honoring their time. It's all stewardship. It's all about How well are we managing the thing that God has given us? We trust that this message has blessed you. We would like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at our Easter's campus.